This week, the Supreme Court ruled that some businesses may have a First Amendment right to discriminate against members of the LGBT community and maybe more, once again expanding the personhood of corporations, allowing them to damage real human lives. This is a topic for this segment of our SCOTUS Week presentation here on the left wing. I'm John Cooper of CounterPoint Politics, joined by my co-host Desmond Price of Independent Thought and Dr. Erica of Cocktails and Capitalism. Um, and let's get into it. So um, before we start talking about the ideological and legal aspects of this case, I think it's very important that we acknowledge the utter absurdity of what actually happened, because you may or may not have heard at this point that this case was about a wedding website designer who refused to make a wedding site for a gay couple on the basis that it went against her religious beliefs. But here's the thing. She had never designed a wedding website prior to filing this lawsuit. The person named Stuart, who allegedly requested the gay website design, didn't do so until a day after the suit was filed. This Stuart person is real, and the contact information listed in the inquiry form, which has been presented to the courts, is his, but he claims he has never requested that a website be created for his gay wedding, which makes a lot of sense considering that A, he isn't gay and B wasn't getting married. And we can be damn sure um, know that he's not lying about this because he is actively married to a woman at this time with whom he has a child. Um, so I don't know what legal basis someone can file a lawsuit based on a story that's completely fabricated. I'm not a lawyer, so I, I haven't even seen a good explanation as to how that is possible. Um, but what is clear to me is that whatever you think of the arguments being made here, this lawsuit is entirely a political one. The plaintiff, Lori Smith, the wedding the wedding web designer who doesn't design wedding websites, clearly isn't really relevant to this case. The real people behind this is a group called the Alliance Defending Freedom, or ADA. Um, they essentially fabricated this entire legal argument out of thin air in order to use the courts as a weapon to give businesses the right to discriminate against LGBT people and I assume further down the line, anyone they want to. Um, all that being said, the argument here boils down to this. Um, does a person's right to not face discrimination outweigh the right of another person to not have their speech compelled by the state? Which is an interesting ideological and legal question. Um, in the court's opinion, Justice Nogar such compared Smith to, to speechwriters, painters, and film directors, um, saying that even though she operates a public business, the court said she is a creative professional whose work is in expressive design. He gave a couple examples of this, uh, for example, asking whether this law could require a public relations firm to write a press release for the Church of Scientology, or if it could require a Muslim film director uh, to create a film about the, uh, you know, in favor of the Israeli state. Um, and, and those were kind of the questions that he was putting forward to, to you know, state his argument. Um, in her dissenting opinion, which I thought was excellently scathing, uh, Justice Sotomayor wrote, five years ago, this court recognized the general rule that religious and philosophical objections to gay marriage quote, do not allow business owners and other actors in the economy and in society to deny protected persons equal access to goods and services under a neutral and generally applicable public accommodations law. Um, that was master Masterpiece Cake Shop versus Colorado Civil Rights uh, back in 2018. Um, she goes on to say that the majority of protests that Smith, uh, sorry, she goes on to say that the majority protests that Smith will gladly sell her goods and services to anyone, including same-sex couples. Um, she will not she just will not sell her websites for same-sex weddings. 
apparently, and again, this is still Sotomayor's words, they're fantastic. Um, apparently, a gay or lesbian couple might buy a wedding website for their straight friends. This logic would be amusing if it were not so embarrassing. I suppose the Heart of Atlanta Motel could have argued that Black people may still rent rooms for their white friends. Smith's answers that she will sell other websites for gay or lesbian clients, but then she, like Ali McClung, who would serve Black people takeout but not table service, discriminates against LGBT people by offering them a limited menu. This is plain to see for all who do not look the other way. Um, so, and, and just another little thing that she said that I thought was excellent is that she specifically called out whether a web designer could equally refuse to create a wedding website for an interracial couple, which was a clear and obvious jab at Justice Clarence Thomas, who <laughs> is in an interracial marriage and whose opinion seems to state that he should be allowed to be discriminated against. Um, but anyway, said a lot of stuff there. I think it's a very interesting case. What do you guys have to say on the matter? It It just blows my mind that this case, this whole Supreme Court decision could be based on something that is totally fabricated. Like, I don't, I don't even, can that hold up? <laughs> you know, like, apparently, yes. Discovered, <laughs> that's so wrong. Oh, my God. And like, reporters had to like, they found the the guy's name, Stuart, and, and his phone number within the case, like, texts and called him up and he was like oh i've never heard of it um oh well that is my contact oh yeah like that that's me but no i was just my name and information was just used here which feels like there should be huge cases against the people who brought this case now you know he should sue yeah he should sue these people yeah absolutely oh my god but I mean, this is also but, you, Erica, you wanna, there's a little extra thing here. He yeah. is a designer. He is by profession, a web designer. He could have designed. There was no reason that he would reach out to this random woman who doesn't design wedding websites yeah, to design so his wedding that he wasn't having. Like It is the dumbest yeah. thing I've ever heard. Yeah. I know no. that part of it was like, what web designer reaches out to another web designer to design a fucking website for them? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I, I think, you know, a lot of times, you know, in our society, we are trying to paint the Supreme Court as like, oh, well, they're above politics. They just call balls and strikes. But I think this case, you know, predominantly over the rest, it is a straightforward case of just trying to impose your ideology into a ruling, legislating from the bench. This case was going on for six years. For six years, it was working its way through the court system. And over the course of six years, no one ever stopped to actually call the person involved in the suit. Because the person who called the person involved in the suit was a reporter for New Republic after it was already decided on. So you're telling me that the lower courts, the federal courts, the Supreme Court, no one ever reached out to the person directly involved in the case? No, this case should have been thrown out from the beginning for not having any legal standing. And the fact yeah. that it wasn't, there was no due diligence whatsoever. It just tells you that from the very beginning, this was the ideological case that they were trying to put into place in order to create a precedent in order to essentially get around any kind of discrimination, uh, kind of protections that would be in place for LGBTQ people. 
I mean, and the part that they put in the case about this being, you know, like, well, as long as there's some artistic nature to it, then of course you can on 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 a free speech grounds. You could make that argument about anything. You could say there's an artistic side to developing a house. There's an artistic side to you know, how you administer uh, healthcare. How you how you. Uh, <laughs> Put your food together in a restaurant. You could make that argument for basically any service that there's a sense of artistic value to it. So this is, as the Supreme Court referred to uh, student loans, when they referred to it as, um, you know, or I'm sorry, when they referred to affirmative action as invidious, this in fact is invidious. This is absolutely disgusting on so many levels. They knew exactly what they were doing. In fact, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. If they didn't know what they were doing, this is incompetence to the highest degree and tells me <laughs> above all else that we need to be reforming the Supreme Court. I know we've all been saying that, but we need to say it a hundred more times because it's absolutely, there, there's no excuse for this. One of two things happened here. Either you went out of your way to allow a, key, a case with no legal standing to get all the way to Supreme Court and then rule on it, or you legitimately never took the time to even do your own homework, to which I have to ask myself, how are you on the Supreme Court then? Yeah. It is. It, <laughs> Due I, diligence. It, yeah. The word embarrassing <laughs> is very aptly used in so far as opinion, because it is an embarrassing case to have even gotten to this point. That being said, we have been very critical and deservedly so of this decision. However, I do think there is an interesting legal and ideological question being posed. The Supreme Court answered it in the dumbest way possible. But that doesn't mean that it's not an interesting question or a question that deserves to be asked. And that is, where does the right to not be discriminated against end? And where does the right to not have compelled speech begin? Because I do think that in his, you know, completely off the rails, you know, analogy here, yeah, I don't think that a public relations firm should be compelled to represent a client in which they think is a terrible person, you know, or they think that even if it's just a standpoint about them, I don't think a public relations firm should necessarily be compelled to, you know, work for the Church of Science, Church of Scientology. You know, you, you could argue religious freedom is just as you know, relevant here as you know, a, a member of the LGBT, LGBT community would be. I know we don't have positive views of the Church of Scientology generally, but the same argument can be made. So I guess my question to you is, you know, what you kind of alluded to there a little bit, Desmond, and I want to well, open something there too. But like, okay, okay, that's fine. Because like, yeah. what what distinguishes I, a smart person could be confused by this? I think, like, like genuinely, I think that like it's kind of difficult to draw a solid line and the court did not make, usually they make a rule like a test and they did not make one in this case. So where do you think that line? Vague. Yeah. Yeah. They left very intentionally vague for very obvious reasons, but like personally, where, where do you think that line should be drawn? Look at the end of the day, things, you know, in America, when you're opening up a business, there are certain things that you have to adhere to, you know, and if you don't want to adhere to them, you don't open a business. So with that being said, Everyone has, there are protected classes of people in this country that you cannot discriminate against if you choose to open a business that is your choice, but you have to go into that situation understanding that there are certain people that you cannot discriminate against. Now, they want to make this argument that this is about free speech. These people, this group in particular, LGBTQ people, they go against my religious beliefs. Well, this kind of just comes down to a philosophical you know, belief system is whether or not you believe that people are born in that way 
or that they choose to live that lifestyle. Because when you were saying like, oh, well, if someone's a horrible person, I shouldn't have to represent them. Well, like, I think I saw Jessica Burbank recently talk about this. She's like, oh, well, if a Nazi came to me and asked me to make a TikTok for them, I should be able to say no. I, here's the thing. When it comes to your personal beliefs, like that's something that you choose throughout the course of your life. You choose to have these beliefs. You choose to, in a way, you choose to decide whether you're going to be a Christian or you want to be a Muslim, so on and so forth. You choose your own religion. But as we've been having this debate across the country, across the world even, people who are gay are not choosing to be gay. They are born that way. That is a part of who they are. That is their identity. And so to say that you have the First Amendment right to just, to say, I don't want to give services to them, that is inherently contradicting to the idea that it's not a choice for them. That is who they are. And so in my mind, the whole argument is just thrown out the window. What it really comes down to is just the same thing that we're seeing across the country in so many different forms and fashion. People are trying to find legal avenues to discriminate against these people. And I think we are all in one form or another seeing through it. You want to try playing, you know, 4D chess, all these mental gymnastics. What it really comes down to is people are trying to find legal ways to be bigots. That's what it comes down to. Obviously, I speak for myself here. Just my opinion. You might feel differently. Desmond, I, I feel like I agree with that last statement. However, I do feel like you left a flaw in your argument there mm -hmm. in that you said that, you know, you can't discriminate against LGBT people because it's not a choice. However, religion is a choice. So would you say that a that this person would have had a legal right to discriminate against Jewish weddings? No, it would have been okay for them to say, I'm not making a Jewish wedding website. Your people killed my savior. You know, would, would that would that be okay? I don't think it would. No, I don't think it would be either. So if it's if it's not about the innateness, it's about the like what's what's the difference there then? Like why why can it be if it's a choice to choose religion and it's a choice to be a Nazi? Why can I discriminate against the Nazi, but not the Jewish person? Well, I mean, religion, I mean, religious discrimination is also a protected class of people in this country. But what's the difference between religion and ideology? I'm not sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 I don't know how to, I, I mean, how I'm not to sure uh, thread that needle here. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure either. Um, I did want to emphasize, though, that like this, this whole strategy of it's a Republican strategy that's being employed multiple places and we're seeing played out in the Supreme Court. Um, but they are basically, remember the, the gay wedding cake case? Mm -hmm. This is a direct result of that case. And what these people on the right did in the aftermath of that case is they looked at Clarence Thomas's um, opinion in the wedding cake case and then they designed this whole fucking case around his opinion. So to it's try to get that didn't the, happen. the outcome. <laughs> like they, they designed it. This wasn't like like picking yeah. and choosing. This was fabrication. Yeah. They fabricated a case using that they thought that they knew would win using the opinions of uh, you know the the people on the court. So um I mean I think like it's really important to recognize this kind of uh, Republican playbook that we're seeing repeated throughout the Supreme Court and all these right wing decisions that we're seeing in this country. Yeah. Um, and to to kind of close this out here, I will answer the rhetorical question that I asked earlier. <laughs> and it, it's it's a hard that that's why I said a smart person can get confused by this because mm. it is a 
gray line, you know, of where one person's right starts, another person's right to end. And to me, I feel like religion, um, one, the protected class of people is the important thing here. If we deem it is important as a society to protect this class of people, which I think that we do for racial groups, for minorities, for religious groups, for very obvious reasons with clear historical context, that's what makes the difference. Um, there's not real, we, we don't value as a society protecting Nazis, right? Um, we don't value as a society protecting uh, just I don't know, assholes. But we do value protecting a religious minority group because we realize that that per discrimination against that group, whether it is for the legitimate reason of it goes against my belief or it's a bigot pretending that it goes against their belief in order to discriminate against this group, can lead to destruction of that group, especially when it's a small minority group. Um, and we need these guardrails to protect against that. And what I have said, you know, in my TikToks I made on this recently is, okay, you you don't want to compel like an individual to make speech that goes against their religious beliefs? Cool. But you know what we can do? We can compel the corporation to do that because the corporation doesn't have religious beliefs. It doesn't have beliefs. It doesn't, it cannot be religious. And so in the same way that we can compel a corporation to have handicap access um, for their establishment so that people with handicaps have equal opportunities, we can do the same and compel them to hire someone who can make a website for a gay wedding in order to make sure that we never have a problem with gay people not having the same economic opportunities. And yes, it's a small, tiny little thing, but those small, tiny little things set precedent and can add up into much bigger, dangerous things. And that's why this decision can be so scary. But John, haven't you heard that, uh, you know, corporations have personhood they can vote they can do you know they they're basically able to make all of the decisions and have all of the freedoms that, that we do as americans actually more because we're seeing people's freedoms getting stripped away right now but yeah, yeah it, 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 this is such they you see people on the right saying oh well it's so obvious that a man's a man and a woman's a woman um, but then they'll hold the uh, the position that a corporation is also a person. Yeah. Um, like if you, if you if you can get your if you if you can't get your head around fucking trans people, there's no way you can tell me a corporation is a human person. Just, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> nice, I love it.